Hey guys, this week on the podcast, I uh, get to sit down with Greg Panora. Now, you may not be aware of who Greg is. Um, if not, uh, you need to go to the YouTubes, the interwebs, the Instagram, MySpace, Facebook, check this dude out. So, I met Greg, I can't even remember how many years ago it was, um, at a powerlift to meet. And he was just a savage. I mean, he, God dang, this dude was so strong. Um, trained at Westside Barbell. Um, he has since moved. Uh, and we go into, you know, his travels around. Retired from the sport of powerlifting. And on a, I don't know if you'd say an accident, but just decided, hey, I'm still strong. I'm going to see what's left. What's left in the tank. Um, turns out dude's got a lot left in the tank. Uh, anyway, uh, we talk about Greg's story, training at, at Westside, going back to Westside to be part of the Westside documentary they're filming right now. Uh, just, man, he's just a cool dude. Um, and this is... Stuff like this is the whole reason I even started. Seriously, Bacon, can you make any more noise? My dog Bacon sitting in here with me. Bacon, be quiet. I'm trying to record a podcast for the millions and millions of listeners. You're being rude. His apologies. He said he was sorry. Thanks, Bacon. Anyway. Stories like his and talking to people like him are the whole reason uh, that I started this in the first place. Cool stories, cool people that you may not have ever heard of or may not have known or crossed paths with. And if you happen to subscribe to this podcast, then you get an insight into these people's lives and you go check them out, and maybe you learn something. Maybe you pick up something. Maybe you don't. Maybe I've wasted your time. Who knows? That's for you to decide. But uh, I think his story is one that's worthwhile. Um, he has some adversity he has to overcome in this story, and uh, and does so. Where, you know, shit. Be, be honest, a lot of people would give up. Not this guy, you know. Um, anyway, cool story, and I uh, really appreciate you guys uh, uh, giving it a listen today. This past week, um, I don't know what happened. If one of you fools out there shared the podcast with every person on your Facebook feed, but it's crazy. It seriously blew up this week, and we got like uh, a ton of more downloads than normal, which is cool. I'll take it. So let's keep that trend going. Whoever you was, you crazy son of a bitch, share it again. Let's do it again. Um, if you have not, uh, please uh, go and hit the subscribe button. I know a lot of y'all probably, and I know that this just because we see the analytics, a lot of you uh, don't subscribe. You just go click download every week. It's the same people. Just hit subscribe. Leave a comment, please. 
Say it sucks. Say it's great. Give me five stars either way. I'd appreciate it. It just helps us. I want to get in that top ten one of these days, you know, before the world comes to an end. Um, so you guys can help that. Anyway, enough of me rambling. Uh, check out this story, uh, Greg Panora on the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. This is the Barbell Voodoo Podcast with your hosts, Roy Mangrum and Jamie Free. podcast i have uh greg panora so if you're not familiar with greg panora i'm going i'm going to let him do some of the introduction himself so how long ago did i meet you seven years is it that yeah long ago? it was uh, eight years seven yeah seven eight years ago yep so i'm at this meet and i think i'm strong and uh <laughs> then greg comes out of course he, he we was in a different weight class i was 308 and uh What'd you, do you remember what you squatted that day? Ten, I want to say 1060. 1060, that's what I was that, thinking. I was thinking yeah. 1060. Yeah, and then uh, and then it hurt my feelings, Greg. I'm still <laughs> on the grudge. <laughs> no, but uh, one of the strongest strongest dudes, coolest motherfuckers I've ever known uh, and ever talked to, and uh, kind of one of these people I, I follow on Facebook, and I'm like, man, this, people need to hear this dude's story from – Strong training at Westside, um, had some battles, and then now he's back and probably stronger than you've ever been, in my opinion, from what I'm saying. In some ways, <laughs> well, I mean, strong, but... yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about, you know, just some of the things you're doing, you know, yeah. and we're getting older. Well, yeah, that's true too. You know what I mean? That's so, true. So uh, anyway, tell tell everybody a little bit about you as far sure. as. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Uh, my name is Greg. I grew up in a little town of Mass. Um, I started reading the West Side Barbell, I want to say, when I was about 14. And, uh, and from that point on, the second I read an article about it, I wanted to be there. So I worked my ass off in the gym. And uh, I was kind of a, a, a troublemaker kid. And so I was getting a lot of fights and kind of an asshole. And so my dad sat me down at the table one day. He goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, can we talk being the man? I go, yeah, what's up? He goes, he goes, what are you gonna do with your life? Are you gonna be a criminal? Are you gonna go to prison? Is that your plan? I go, no, I'm going out to West Side Barbell. He goes, what? I go, I'm gonna go out to West Side Barbell. I go, I'm gonna break the world record. I'm gonna come back and teach people how to do that. He looks at me, he goes, who the fuck wants to learn how to do that? <laughs> and uh, I, you know, we still we still laugh about it sometimes because that's exactly what I'm doing. But I uh, but that goal achieved though. Yeah, go with cheese. Go with cheese. So I give a shit about it every time I see him, but he's happy. We're happy. Both happy. Yeah, so I went out there in 06, I want to say, and uh, I think I broke my first world record there in, I want to say, either 07 or 08. I can't remember. I'm terrible at dates. Um, and, so, uh, so when you yeah. get when you get to, how old were you when you got to Westside? And, and, how, does, and how does that work? You know what I mean? So it's, I, I, it's, yeah, I know it's a little it's a little bit different now than mm-hmm. like even when I met you. You know the the West Side was more um, 
not as commercial. It's not that it's commercial no. now, but yeah, yeah, no, you know, it was You know, what I'm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can get a T-shirt. You can even get a fucking T-shirt. No, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I call up Louie one day when I was in school, um, and I, I really, I, my my main, I had met a girl, I had a good job, I was, life was pretty good. I just finished school, got a job right out, um, you know, making decent money, at least what I thought was good money, and uh, pretty sure she was a girl I wanted to marry. So I called up Louie and I said, listen, can I come on a visit? He goes, sure. So I went on a visit for a few days. I think it was three or four days. And at the end of it, Louie goes, when can you move here? And I'm like, I said, Louie, I don't know, man. I got a lot going on, blah, blah, blah. And on the way to the airport, he goes, well, he goes, if you want to be the best in the world, he goes, I can do that for you. He goes, if you want to try it on your own, that's fine. You got to see the concept, I'll shake your hand. He goes, no, whatever. So two days later, I was on my way back to Westside. <laughs> 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 I broke up with my girlfriend, quit my job, and was gone. But that's what you got to do, man. That's I mean, what you got to do. That's what you, you got to do. You have to chase it. You can't. Right. Just, no, you can't, you can't. Just dip your toe in the water, man. You no, gotta nobody's going to give it to you. Hell no. no so you're, it's you're 26. Yep. 26. You, you moved, broke you moved to Ohio. You yeah. have, you, had you ever been to Ohio before? No. The, well, I did the little visit, but prior to that, no. So I didn't yeah. know anybody. I had no friends out there or anything. So and, it, I and was, at that time, it's not like Westside was the mo- most uh, hospitable place. Was no, it, it was. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea what to expect. I, mean, I had no clue. You know, I knew most of these guys were pictures of them in my locker growing up, and and uh, you know, was was really, you know, was was the biggest fan I guess you could be. So right. part of me was like, I was young and dumb, and I was like, I really just want to meet these guys, and I thought they'd be awesome, and we'd be good friends, we'd go to the bar together. It wasn't like that at all. I walked in and nobody would say a word to me. It was, yeah. you know, dude, nobody would say a word to me. They would just they would stare me down as I walked by and stuff. So this is kind of a funny story. Uh, John Stafford, remember him? Yeah, yeah. So one day I'm loading place for John Stafford. Because when you get there, you're you're a piece of shit. I mean, nobody cares about you. Exactly. So my whole day was basically loading place and getting coffees. So I'm sitting there loading place one day for John. And he had seven or eight plates on each side. And uh, I turn on a place where I'm backwards, or what he perceives as backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so he comes over and he rips all the place off one side. The whole bar goes flipping over. Does you ever been to a fucking gym before? I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I've been to the gym before. So afterwards, afterwards, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, hey man, that was kind of rude of me. I'm sorry. He goes, who are you? I go, I'm Greg. He goes, are you a fighter or what are you? I go, no, I'm a, I'm a powerlifter. He goes, you're a powerlifter? I go, yeah. He goes, you don't look, you don't look like one. I go, what do I look like? He goes, a homo. Walks <laughs> away. <laughs> 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 so that was my introduction to Westside. It was not a friendly place. Uh, so his, so th- my first so few is, months there were miserable. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what you hear, especially yeah. you know, you know, like I was telling you, you know, that's all I grew up on was you know Brent Tracy. You know, I'm, right, right, right. I'm I'm under his wing for eight nine years and every. You know, four days a week, a lot of the stories are the same, but you hear them yeah. over and over again. Yeah, yeah, we all, I, I do that now. I'm, I'm that guy who tells the same story yeah. over and over again. I mean, but, uh, you can't not. It's just it's such a magical place, you know? It, and it is. It's like, you know, if you're a power lifter or a strength at, athlete, that's the land of Oz. Yes. Yeah, you know? It, that's where you, you want to go. Yeah, and, and, and the, the cool part about it for me when I got there was, in, in most things in life, I like this, but... It was exactly what I wanted. It was like it was like you know going to Disney World as a kid. And you're like, wow, you know, this is exactly what I wanted. And exactly. you don't feel like that much as an adult. 
And I went there, and I was like, this is this is awesome. Now, when I first got there, I, I assumed I was so dumb. I mean, I was so naive. I thought you sort of go somewhere, and you kind of, you kind of give you a place, and, and this and that. Like, I figured I'd go online and get a place in an hour, have a job in two hours. And it's not like that. So I yeah. went out there, and I, I had 400 bucks in my name, which I thought was a ton of money. So me and my 400 bucks went out there. I spent about 300 getting down there. And uh, <laughs> my dumbass stopped off in Pennsylvania, got a hotel room, then went out drinking. So, so I spent about 100 bucks at the bar like a fucking idiot. And uh, so <laughs> <laughs> trying to meet girls at the bar before you get down there. And so I, uh, I get there, and I have about 100, 120 bucks in my name. And no place to live. So I'm on, I go to the library every day. I'm going online and trying to find a place. It was it was miserable. And so I lived in my car for about the first two, two and a half months. And I uh, had, had no money, couldn't eat. And so what I would do was, at like it was an all-night grocery store called Meyer. And so right. I'd go there at like 2 or 3 in the morning. And I, was, I would like open up a box of cereal bars. I was, I was starving. I was absolutely starving. So I'd open up a box of cereal bars and kind of walk around the store and eat them and hide the wrappers. <laughs> so, I oh, damn. So, so I got there, I lost like I lost almost twenty pounds right off. And Louie was like, "How the fuck do you get to Westside Barbell and lose weight?" And I'm like, "Louie, I'm sorry, I'm not eating." And so at that point, Louie started taking me out to eat and inviting me over to his house for dinner and stuff. So I was there yeah. put some of it back on. Did you breakfast at Bob Evans? <laughs> yeah, Bob Evans breakfast. See, I would eat, I would eat like three or four meals a day with Louie, which is probably yeah. more than anyone else there ever did. But I had nothing to do. So you get there at 26. When is it, you know, you said, what, was it by 27, you think it's around 27 you hit the first world record? Yep. yep. So when did you see, like, where it started to change where the guys were kind of like, ah, all right, this motherfucker, he's all right? <laughs> uh, my first nationals. So about, I don't know, I, again, I'm terrible with time periods. I can't even remember. Like, so I would say maybe five, six months into it, I did my first contest, which was Nationals in Vegas. And uh, I was going against Justin Grouse, who still is an incredible lifter. Mm-hmm. And uh, no one even knew who I was. I mean, I was definitely not a, a big name. No one knew who I was. And I went in and I beat him. And uh, that's when people started to say, wow, this kid's actually pretty good. Yeah. So That's, pretty, that's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. So I was walking out to my uh, my final deadlift in uh, Chuck Vogelpool, Chuck V. Everyone knows Chuck V stories. I'm walking up, <laughs> walking up to the platform, and Chuck V grabs him on my shirt and throws me against the wall. He goes, you need to fucking do this. And I'm like, I'm going to, dude. I'm going to. He's like, no, you need to fucking do this. I'm not fucking with you. You need to fucking do this. And I go, I'm going to. He goes, do this for fucking Westside Barbell. And I went out there, and I crushed it. It was like a 7, I don't know, 783 or something like that. I said, listen, I got it. It was the biggest number ever at that time. And uh, so that's when stuff started to kind of change. That's when uh, I think people started researching a little more. You're talking about Chuck Vogelpool. Yeah. So uh, this, this I have a Chuck story. <laughs> so we're sit, we're back in the warm-up room, and uh, I know who he was, but I'd never talked to him. He's a scary motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting over there, and uh, he had a knot, I guess like a knot in his quad. Uh, and he, he's reaching his bag, and he's pulling something out, and he plugs it in the wall. He had a fucking jigsaw. <laughs> he did this jigsaw. Just he did. Of course, he didn't have the blade on it. Everybody was listening. <laughs> I he had, like, it, you you seen him do this? 
Everybody, yeah, so yeah, she would do that. <laughs> he was just going to town, like, this motherfucker's crazy. <laughs> uh, it was the funniest thing I ever saw. Everybody was just staring at him. Everybody's all quiet. <laughs> 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 all right, yeah, Chuck, Chuck is a wild man. He's insane. He, he is a wild man. <laughs> so, so you get you get there at twenty six, twenty seven, yep. breaks first, first world record. Yep. When did what age were you when you left Westside? I believe I was twenty nine. 29. Yes. So was it, I know you had moved to Florida, yep. but was it just like, hey, it's time for, I need a different change of pace, or what? No. It was, what was uh, the reason? Well, I mean, part of it was, as we know, policy is not a super high-paying sport. And so I'm 29 years old, and I've broken the world record now, I don't know, five, four or five, six times. And I'm like, I, I, just, I, I just totally lost interest. It was just like, I mean, I I, just, I didn't. I, all my friends outside were you know getting married and having kids and and this and that. And they had great jobs and were buying houses and I'm living in like a one room apartment. And I'm like, man, I, I need something new. I need something different. And so, yeah. kind of at the same time too, I was, I was, I was partying a lot. I was getting more into into the party scene than I was powerlifting. And I, yeah. I sort of just completely lost interest, I guess, in the sport. Um, I was still competing and doing well, but it just it wasn't it wasn't what it had been, you know, five years ago. Right. Well, did you and AJ leave at the same time? No, he he um he was there for a couple of years after I left. Okay, so you left and then AJ. Left. I was trying to yep. like timeline wise. Yeah, yep. I couldn't remember exactly. So you left. You moved. You moved to Florida of all places. You like yeah. Well, I had a stroke first. <laughs> so I went to Lexington for a little while. And and by that point, I mean, and and I, I kind of felt bad, and and so I, I was just I, I was done. You know, I I was still training because it was just it was that kept me kind of normal, but I was just like mm-hmm. I was just I, I was done. I, yeah. I was ready to I was ready to find something different or do something different, and uh, and 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 that's when I had the stroke. Yeah. So tell us, you know what. What happened? Do you know yeah. what caused or nobody has any clue. I've seen uh four neurologists, they go get checked out every year, no one can give me an answer. They say it's an anomaly. So no one really knows, but you know, it's one of those things that happened and and uh I gotta be careful I guess and take, you know, the medication and and right. I I feel great though. I mean I it's sort of like a bad dream now. I it feels I mean, the whole thing is bizarre. So when it happened did I guess, did you have, like, because um, I actually had another buddy um, that had one around, he was 36, 37, mm-hmm. I think, when he had his. What, did you have effects, like, right after, and then they kind of... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every, everything you know, it, took a while it, it to wasn't, get back to normal. Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't a small stroke. It wasn't, like, you know, a minor stroke. It was a major stroke. I lost complete function on my right side. I couldn't see on my right eye. I couldn't talk. My speech is still a little bit funny, um, yeah. but you know it's, it's pretty good. I mean, it's you know I'm, I'm cool, I'm happy with it. But it, it was uh, I lost you know sight in my right eye. I couldn't talk. I mean, couldn't barely talk. Uh, couldn't lift my right arm. Couldn't walk on my right leg. So the whole right side of my body shut off. Jeez, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so no, were were you in Florida when this happened? No, nope, I was still in Ohio. Okay, you were still in Ohio. Yep. So this happens, and then. Then you moved to Florida. Yep. Okay. So what then, what got you to Florida? 
Thank so you. I actually went down there after the stroke and rehab. And I oh, was like, okay. I got you, got you. So, back. yeah, I was like, you know what? Um, I, was, I, I sort of, after the stroke, I kind of went back to Ohio. And, and I had lost my job. I had been evicted from my apartment. And I was, I was just lower than shit. And I called her mother up. I said, Ma, I got to do something there. I need to get out of here. And she said, well, I just moved in with my boyfriend. Why don't you rent my house up? I said, sure, whatever. I don't care. You know, so I moved down there and I spent about a year and a half there. I got a good job. It was, it was a decent time. It was all right. What part of Florida was you in? I was right above Fort Myers. Okay. A little town <clears throat> called uh, Fort Charlotte. Okay. So, and then, um, you know, skipping around, like, like I said, I'm, I'm ADD. <laughs> so... Then you moved, like, next time I heard from you, you were back in Maine. Yep. I'm like, there. I'm like, you, yeah. went from, you went from, <laughs> from the, what everybody was, you're in Florida, so you must be at the beach. But you right, went right. from, like, the, the warmest went climate from, in the U.S. to the cold. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Every winter, I go, what the fuck did I do? Oh. But, I, uh, but, yeah, so I was, um, I went there, and I, I got a job, I got a, uh, a job in sales at a gym. And uh, worked my ass off, you know, 20 hour days, busting my ass, and made manager, and then you know, went off there, went off there, got some real fast promotions. It was making decent money, and uh, I was in there deadlifting with a bunch of guys uh, one day, and I actually didn't want to. They were like, "Come on, come deadlift, we can video, blah blah." blah. I was like, "No, I don't do that anymore. I can't hold on to the bar." So when I had a stroke, you know, stuff came back. Uh, about four months into the stroke, everything kind of came back. But there was right. still worse than legging effects. I couldn't hold on to a barbell. I mean, above right. like 400 pounds. And so they were kind of like, come on, come on, come on. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I went in there and pulled, and I pulled 675. And uh, <laughs> I, back. I had it. <laughs> I had it. I was back. You know, it was one of those 15 bars. So I was like, it was pretty easy, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm back. So I walked into my uh, manager's office and said, you know what? I'm moving back to Maine. And he looked at me and goes, what the fuck are you talking about? I go, I'm done. I quit. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I quit. He goes, you want more money? I'm like, no, no, I'm done. Yeah, I have to do this. I don't know why, but I have to. And yeah. so I was gone. That is yeah, I actually had to go back and get my last paycheck. So I quit, walked out. He's pissed at me. Then I had to turn around and go back to get my paycheck. Because <laughs> well, I was wondering, like, what was the catalyst to start powerlifting again? Was it just, hey, you know, I'm going to see if I still have it? But that was the answer right there. It was right. that so. So when yeah. I, when I when I left the sport, I I totally tuned in on. I, I I remember I brought like four uh four four trash bags of trophies and t-shirts and medals and took them out to the dumpster and threw them away. I said, you know what, that's a part of my life that's over. It was a great part of my life, but it's over. I'm gonna move on. Yeah. And so I got down there and uh, did that, and I'm like, you know what? So the actual the the actual catalyst was uh, later on that day or week. I was online. I read an article by Brandon Lilly. And yeah. there's some really, really interesting stuff in there, stuff I, I really like reading. And the sport had, had gone from, you know, mostly geared into mostly raw stuff. And I was like, right. I can do that. I can do that. I can, I can be good at that. And so I went in, and I realized it was harder than I thought it was going to be. But, um, you know, it was it was a great move. I'm, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, Brandon's a super smart dude. He's brilliant. And the way, you know, I've actually, you can plant a bug in his ear. Yeah, I'm trying to get him on the podcast. I'll give him. To um, him. He's a yeah, busy man. Um, yeah, he's a good dude. He's yeah, just, he's a great guy. You know, it's so funny because you know he's from middle of nowhere, Kentucky, 
Yeah, but the, the, the shit that comes out of his, his mouth and oh, he's, he pops, I'm like, I can't even make those sentences. Right, like, right, right. He's, dude's he's intelligent. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. he's so smart. We, uh, we're, we're traveling around the country right now, so we, we, you know, we sit down for dinner and just talk. We'll spend four hours just talking. That's awesome. He's yeah, you know, and I've only met him once. Super good dude. Yep. Um, yeah, I ain't, ain't got nothing bad I can say about him. <laughs> One of my favorite people, my brother. You know. Yeah, he is. He's super, super good dude. So now you're training. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the comeback tour. Because, <laughs> you know, you're strong as shit. You've been back, but you know what? What's next on the plate? I mean, do you, so you know, uh, next up, yeah, next up, I'm doing the uh, Reebok Record Breakers in California. Um, I've been doing mostly smaller meets, you know, Nass, New Hampshire, Maine. Um, and it, it's time, it's time to branch out a little bit. So I'm sort of kind of following the same route my original uh, powerlifting career took, took place, where I want to compete locally for a while, figure out what the hell I want to do, then branch mm-hmm. out. So if it's starting in ten weeks, I'll be out in California. That's awesome. Yeah, excited. You got the you got the openers planned yet? No, fuck them. I'll plan those out when I walk in the door. <laughs> Dude, I have the least. Uh, I plan nothing. I have no plans for anything ever. I love that. <laughs> so, uh, so, so California, yep. for record breakers. That's that's yep. awesome, man. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. You're not uh, for Jeff Jeff You're not driving, right? You're not driving. <laughs> no, right? we're flying. We're flying. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm done driving. Who's Dude, putting is, Je- is Jesse Burdick putting that on, or who's putting yes, it on? He is. Yep, Jesse. Okay. He's I been a good friend of mine Jesse. for a long time. Yeah, Jesse's a great guy. Jesse too. Yeah. I'm going to give you a list of people to get get me in touch with. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I see that for you. I can make it happen. <laughs> I can make that man, happen. Man, that's awesome. So, um, and you're also coaching now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about about that. Is it, sure, you, yeah. So, because you were, you were across, uh, you were coaching at a CrossFit gym, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Same place? I'll probably be there until I die. <laughs> it's, uh, so, yeah. I, uh, so, when I got back to Maine, it wasn't, uh, you know, as most things in my life, it wasn't a storybook uh, thing I thought it was going to be. So I got I back to Maine, and I got a job pretty quickly on. And it's just it was just not what I wanted to be doing at all. And uh, so I moved down to this, this uh, I guess this more city part of Maine. So I was up in Bangor, which is kind of kind of like country bumpkin part of, part of Maine. Okay. And so I moved down to uh, the, the city part, and uh, man, stuff just kind of worked out. And I had a friend from college that owned a gym, a CrossFit gym. I really, I, I kind of knew what CrossFit was, but I didn't really. <laughs> and so I, he, I hit him up, and he's like, yeah, man, come on in. Come on. He goes, we'll see if it works. He goes, it probably won't, but he's, I don't really even know what you want to do. But we'll see what happens. And so I went yeah. in, and, and, man, it worked out. You know, it was four years ago. And I have wow. a huge clientele. I'm I'm, uh, I'm doing it. I have a gigantic clientele. I teach eight classes a week. Busy as fuck. <laughs> you work yourself into a shoot. Oh, I'm forcing myself in the grave, man. It's gonna be at 4 a.m. tomorrow. Oh my god. Are you so still at the gym now, or? No, I left about an hour ago. Oh, okay. Uh, you, oh, an hour ago. That's yeah. not too bad. Nah. No, I, you know, I know, it's it's funny because, like, you know, if you think about, you know, we brought up Jesse and then, of course, uh, Mark Bell. Yep. You know those those guys. You know, if you and I'm going to give Mark Bell a lot of credit too, but you know, if Absolutely. you look at kind of where powerlifting was, I don't know, eight nine years ago, mm-hmm. to where it is now, 
completely different sport. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a completely different it's sport. Not, it's not the same. It's completely different. Totally completely different entity. Yeah. And, you know, and, and some of it's for the better, and honestly, a lot of it I miss, I won't lie. You know, a lot of, a lot of the old school stuff I miss. I miss yeah. the badasses. And, you know, it doesn't seem to have as much personality, in my opinion. But, of course, with that, there's a lot more people doing it, a lot more women, which is awesome. My girlfriend's a great lifter. Um, you know, and so, you know, you get the good and the bad. And, you know, I make a lot of money coaching, so there's a lot of good. But, you know, part yeah. of me misses the old, you know, Chuck B days. And, and you know, if, if back in the day, you know, 10 years ago, if you were competing, you were a fucking badass. There's no way around it. I mean, you were a well, badass fucker. That is true. You were, and it was it was funny because there was there was like no um, no middle ground. No, so no, it wasn't. You was, you was either a badass or you're an idiot. Right. <laughs> you, you remember those right. guys? Yeah, absolutely. You're like first black guys. <laughs> Dude, what is this guy doing here? <laughs> uh, you're, you're, oh, you, that was your opener. Here, let me hit a warm up real quick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, it, was, it was a weird time. Man. It was just, it was no women. I mean, not really. Well, I mean, even if you think about, you know, women, yes, that that's part of it. But then the other mm-hmm. part is, you know, you, you've done a thousand meet, dude. You mm-hmm. go to a meet. The only people that were out there, they either came with somebody. Yep. That's the only reason they're there. Exactly, exactly. And now, you know, you go to a meet, and it draws a fucking crowd. Right, yeah. It's insane. Totally, like, totally you know, different. In, in Maine, when I was coming up, like, you go to a meet, and it'd be like Forest Cons, like, and two girls. And now you go yeah. to a meet, and it's like, I mean, there's fucking 200 people in the audience. There's whole families there and stuff. It's just wild. I, it, it's cool as hell. I love it. I mean, I train entire families, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It was. And I think that's cool, you know, like, with, with... I think a lot of people underestimated the importance of strength. And even in yes. the beginning, yes. you know, of what what the strength, how that equated to your life. And right. does everybody need to be able to deadlift 700? No, probably not. <laughs> it's, it's cool if you can. Right. But but, every, like you said, you train whole families. Yep. Can can your grandmother be stronger? Absolutely. 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 It's great for Feel her. better and... Keeps your yeah, ass home, Bring your groceries in herself, absolutely. Heck I mean, yeah. I trained some badass 75, I trained a badass 75-year-old woman. I mean, I trained her today. She's amazing. And, yeah. uh, you know, she feels better. She, her life is easier. I mean, she's absolutely amazing. You know, she's and, she almost near 200 pounds. I mean, it's awesome. And that right there will keep her out of the nursing home. Exactly. I mean, she's, you would think she's 45 years old if you saw her. It's, it's crazy. And she's been in the fitness thing since the 80s, but never really did the powerless. And, right. uh, you know, she's, you know, she's three days a week, every week she's there. I train right. a few a few women like that. I train, you know, probably five people over the age of 70 or, or right around 70 plus. And, I mean, some of my best clients. That's cool. That is real cool stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else is I going to uh, – oh, I know I was going to ask you. So you said uh, – I know – like you just mentioned about you and Brandon traveling around. Yep. So you are doing seminar tours? Yep. Is yep. That, so we're going on Swede. Yep. And we've uh, we've been I don't even know how many we've done now. Maybe twelve. So we have three after this weekend. The next three weekends will be in uh, Niagara Falls, New York, uh, Virginia Beach, and North Carolina, South Carolina. I believe. It could be okay, wrong. Cool. Something like that. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, we so, came back from Texas. Yeah, when's Nashville? When's that one on the book? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully soon, because I love Nashville. 
Yeah, that's that's you know I moved from Manchester to Nashville. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Brent Brent uh, gives me trouble all the time. He's like, says I live in a gated community. Like, gated community. <laughs> Seeing your palace, you got a butler. What are you talking about? Really? That's awesome. Uh, my uh, my mom's in Nashville. They small actually. Oh, to Nashville? Uh, I want to say Knoxville area. Oh, okay. I could be Knoxville. wrong though. Yeah, Knoxville's not a bad area. Yeah, um, it's just pretty nice for chilling a week somewhere, so it might be cool. Oh yeah, hell yeah, that'd be a good place. Yeah. Um, Nashville dude is growing so fast. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. That was always my favorite city to compete in. I, I loved it. The nightlife was awesome. Hell yeah, it was man. great. It's, it's even better now. Oh really? I had a convenience. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> come on down, man. We'll put you up for the weekend. Hell yeah, sounds awesome. Um, but yeah, man, I, you know, I appreciate you calling in and, oh, no problem, and doing the doing podcast. It. Man, this was this was fun. Yeah, was and awesome. anytime you got something else coming up or going on or just want to call and shoot the shit, Hell anytime. Yeah. And vice versa, man. You got my number. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Thank you. All right.